chapter ninety eight part five of the adventures of peregrine pickle volume two by tobias smollett this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter ninety eight part five and previous measures being taken for that wicked purpose they imposed upon the young gentleman's inexperience and credulity by insinuations equally false plausible and malicious to which they at length gained his belief by the mention of some circumstances that gave what they alleged an air of probability and even of truth they swore that mr m had taken out an action against him for a very large sum of money that they had actually seen the writ that the intention of it was to throw him into prison for life and ruin his cause in consequence of an agreement made by him with lord a and his other enemies to retrieve the money that he had laid out in the cause this plausible tale was enforced with such an air of truth candour and earnest concern for his safety and was strengthened by so many imprecations and corroborating circumstances of their invention as would have staggered one of much greater experience and knowledge of mankind than mr a could be supposed at that time to possess the notion of perpetual imprisonment and the certain ruin they made him believe his cause was threatened with worked upon his imagination to such a degree that he suffered himself to be led like a lamb to the slaughter by this artful band of villains who secreted him at the lodgings of one p an intimate of g's for several days under colour of his being hunted by bailiffs employed by mr m where he was not only obliged by them to change his name but even his wife was not suffered to have access to him their design was to have sold him or drawn him into a ruinous compromise with his adversaries for a valuable consideration to themselves but as no ties are binding among such a knot of villains the rest of the conspirators were jockeyed by g who in order to monopolize the advantage to himself hurried his prize into the country and secreted him even from his confederates in a place of concealment one hundred miles from london under the same ridiculous pretence of m s having taken out a writ against him and of bailiffs being in pursuit of him everywhere round london he was no sooner there than g as a previous step to the other villainy he intended tricked him out of a bond for six thousand pounds under colour of his having a person ready to advance the like sum upon it as an immediate fund for carrying on his cause assuring him at the same time that he had a set of gentlemen ready who were willing to advance twenty-five thousand pounds more for the same purpose and to allow him five hundred pounds a year for his maintenance till his cause should be made an end of provided that mr m should have no further concern with him and his cause mr a having by this time received some intimations of the deceit that had been put upon him made answer that he should look upon himself as a very ungrateful monster indeed if he deserted a person who had saved his life and so generously ventured his own together with his fortune in his cause until he should first be certain of the truth of what was alleged of him and absolutely rejected the proposal g who had no other view in making it than to cover the secret villainy he meditated against him 
and to facilitate the execution thereof easily receded from it when he found mr a so averse to it and undertook nevertheless to raise the money adding that he might if he pleased return to mr m whenever it was secured the whole drift of this pretended undertaking to raise the twenty-five thousand pounds was only to lay a foundation for a dexterous contrivance to draw mr a unwarily into the execution of a deed relinquishing all his right and title under a notion of its being a deed to secure the repayment of that sum g having as he imagined so far paved the way for the execution of such a deed enters into an agreement with an agent employed for that purpose by mr a s adversaries purporting that in consideration of the payment of a bond for six thousand pounds which he g had as he pretended laid out in mr a s cause and of an annuity of seven hundred pounds a year he was to procure for them from mr a a deed ready executed relinquishing all right and title to the a estate and honours everything being prepared for the execution of this infernal scheme known to mr a g then thought proper to send for him to town from his retirement in order as he pretended to execute a security of twenty five thousand pounds this intended victim to that villain's avarice no sooner arrived in town full of hopes of money to carry on his cause and of agreeably surprising his friend and protector mr m with so seasonable and unexpected a reinforcement than an unforeseen difficulty arose concerning the payment of g s six thousand pound bond that money was to have been raised out of the estate of a lunatic which could not be done without the leave of the court of chancery to whom an account must have been given of the intended application of it while preparations were making to rectify this omission g immediately carried mr a again into the country lest he should happen to be undeceived by some means or other in the meantime this wicked machination was providentially discovered by mr m before it could be carried into execution by means of the jealousies that arose among the conspirators themselves and was at the same time confirmed to him by a person whom the very agent for the a party had entrusted with the secret m no sooner detected it than he communicated his discovery to one of mr a s counsel a man of great worth and immediately thereupon took proper measures to defeat it he then found means to lay open to mr a himself the treacherous scheme that was laid for his destruction he was highly sensible of it and could never afterwards reflect on the snare that he had so unwarily been drawn into and had so narrowly escaped without a mixture of horror shame and gratitude to his deliverer the consummate assurance of the monsters who were engaged in this plot after they had been detected and upbraided with their treachery is scarce to be paralleled for they not only owned the fact of spiriting mr a away in the manner above mentioned but justified their doing it as tending to his service they also maintained that they had actually secured the twenty five thousand pounds for him though they never could name any one person who was to have advanced the money no man was more active in this scheme than h nor any man more solicitous to keep mr a up in the false impressions he had received or in projecting methods to ruin his protector than he 
among many other expedients for that purpose a most malicious attempt was made to lodge an information against him for treasonable practices with the secretary of state notwithstanding the repeated proofs he had given of his loyalty and as a preparatory step to his accusation a letter which this traitor dictated was copied by another person and actually sent to the earl of c importing that the person who copied the letter had an affair of consequence to communicate to his lordship if he would appoint a time of receiving the information but that person upon full conviction of the villainy of the scheme absolutely refused to proceed further in it so that his malice once more proved abortive and before he had time to execute any other contrivance of the same nature he was imprisoned in this very jail for debt here finding his creditors inexorable and himself destitute of all other resource he made application to the very man whom he had injured in such an outrageous manner set forth his deplorable case in the most pathetic terms and entreated him with the most abject humility to use his influence in his behalf the distress of this varlet immediately disarmed him of his resentment and even excited his compassion without sending any answer to his remonstrances he interceded for him with his creditors and the person to whom he was chiefly indebted refusing to release him without security this unwearied benefactor joined with the prisoner in a bond for above two hundred and forty pounds for which he obtained his release he was no sooner discharged however than he entered into fresh combinations with g and others in order to thwart his deliverer in his schemes of raising money and otherwise to distress and deprive him of liberty for which purpose no art or industry perjury not excepted hath been spared and what is still more extraordinary this perfidious monster having found money to take up the bond in consequence of which he regained his freedom hath procured a writ against him upon that very obligation and taken assignments to some other debts of that gentleman with the same christian intention but hitherto he hath by surprising sagacity and unshaken resolution baffled all their infernal contrivances and retorted some of their machinations on their own heads at this time when he is supposed by some and represented by others as under the circumstances of oblivion and despondence he proceeds in his design with the utmost calmness and intrepidity meditating schemes and ripening measures that will one day confound his enemies and attract the notice and admiration of mankind peregrine having thanked the priest for his obliging information expressed his surprise at the scandalous inattention of the world to an affair of such importance observing that by such inhuman neglect this unfortunate young gentleman mr a was absolutely deprived of all the benefit of society the sole end of which is to protect the rights redress the grievances and promote the happiness of individuals as for the character of him he said it was so romantically singular in all its circumstances that though other motives were wanting curiosity alone would induce him to seek his acquaintance but he did not at all wonder at the ungrateful returns which had been made to his generosity by h and many others whom he had served in a manner that few besides himself would have done for he had been long convinced of the truth conveyed in these lines of a celebrated italian author li 
benefici che per la loro grandezza non parno essa guida da nati con la scelerata moneta dell'ingratitudine sono pagati the story which you have related of that young gentleman is said he bears a very strong resemblance to the fate of a spanish nobleman as it was communicated to me by one of his intimate friends at paris the countess d'alvarez died immediately after the birth of a son and the husband surviving her but three years the child was left sole heir to the honours and estate under the guardianship of his uncle who had a small fortune and a great many children this inhuman relation coveting the wealth of his infant ward formed a design against the life of the helpless orphan and trusted the execution of it to his valet de chambre who was tempted to undertake the murder by the promise of a considerable reward he accordingly stabbed the boy with a knife in three different places on the right side of his neck but as he was not used to such barbarous attempts his hand failed in the performance and he was seized with such remorse that perceiving the wounds were not mortal he carried the hapless victim to the house of a surgeon by whose care they were healed and in the meantime that he might not forfeit his recompense found means to persuade his employer that his orders were performed a bundle being made up for the purpose was publicly interred as the body of the child who was said to have been suddenly carried off by convulsion and the uncle without opposition succeeded to his honours and estate the boy being cured of his hurts was about the age of six delivered with a small sum of money to a merchant just embarking for turkey who was given to understand that he was the bastard of a man of quality and that for family reasons it was necessary to conceal his birth while the unfortunate orphan remained in this deplorable state of bondage all the children of the usurper died one after another and he himself being taken dangerously ill attributed all his afflictions to the just judgment of god and communicated his anxiety on that subject to the valet de chambre who had been employed in the murder of his nephew that domestic in order to quiet his master's conscience and calm the perturbation of his spirits confessed what he had done and gave him hopes of still finding the boy by dint of industry and expense the unhappy child being the only hope of the family of alvarez the uncle immediately ordered a minute inquiry to be set on foot in consequence of which he was informed that the orphan had been sold to a turk who had afterwards transferred him to an english merchant by whom he was conveyed to london an express was immediately dispatched to this capital where he understood that the unhappy exile had in consideration of his faithful services been bound apprentice to a french barber surgeon and after he had sufficiently qualified himself in that profession been received into the family of the count de gallus at that time the emperor's ambassador at the court of london from the house of this nobleman he was traced into the service of count doberstorff where he had married his lady's chambermaid and then gone to settle as a surgeon in bohemia in the course of these inquiries several years elapsed his uncle who was very much attached to the house of austria lived at barcelona when the father of this empress queen resided in that city and lent him a very considerable sum of money in the most pressing emergency of his affairs and when that prince was on the point of returning to germany the old count finding his end approaching sent his father confessor to his majesty with a circumstantial account of the barbarity 
he had practised against his nephew for which he implored forgiveness and begged he would give orders that the orphan when found should inherit the dignities and fortune which he had unjustly usurped his majesty assured the old man that he might make himself easy on that score and ordered the confessor to follow him to vienna immediately after the count's death in order to assist his endeavours in finding out the injured heir the priest did not fail to yield obedience to this command he informed himself of certain natural marks on the young count's body which were known to the nurse and women who attended him in his infancy and with a gentleman whom the emperor ordered to accompany him set out for bohemia where he soon found the object of his inquiry in the capacity of major-domo to a nobleman of that country he having quitted his profession of surgery for that office he was not a little surprised when he found himself circumstantially catechized about the particulars of his life by persons commissioned for that purpose by the emperor he told them that he was absolutely ignorant of his own birth though he had been informed during his residence in turkey that he was the bastard of a spanish grandee and gave them a minute detail of the pilgrimage he had undergone this information agreeing with the intelligence which the priest had already received and being corroborated by the marks upon his body and the very scars of the wounds which had been inflicted upon him in his infancy the confessor without further hesitation saluted him by the name of count d'alvarez grandee of spain and explained the whole mystery of his fortune if he was agreeably amazed at this explanation the case was otherwise with his wife who thought herself in great danger of being abandoned by a husband of such high rank but he immediately dispelled her apprehension by assuring her that as she had shared in his adversity she should also partake of his good fortune he set out immediately for vienna to make his acknowledgments to the emperor who favoured him with a very gracious reception promised to use his influence so that he might enjoy the honours and estate of his family and in the meantime acknowledged himself his debtor for four hundred thousand florins which he had borrowed from his uncle he threw himself at the feet of his august protector expressed the most grateful sense of his goodness and begged he might be permitted to settle in some of his imperial majesty's dominions this request was immediately granted he was allowed to purchase land in any part of the hereditary dominions of the house of austria to the amount of the sum i have mentioned and made choice of the country of rodebor and silesia where in all probability he still resides peregrine had scarce finished the narrative when he perceived mr m slip something into the hand of the young man with whom he had been conversing at the other end of the room and rise up from the table in order to take his leave he at once understood the meaning of this conveyance and longed for an opportunity to be acquainted with such a rare instance of primitive benevolence but the consciousness of his present situation hindered him from making any advance that might be construed into forwardness or presumption End of chapter ninety eight part five